Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. Yo, what's good, my podcast friends? It is Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio, where we take it from the YouTube live stream, where you guys can get your questions answered on anything around dating, relationships, and social dynamics in the world of human interaction. This episode is brought to you by Bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, where you guys can get your day game sorted, action guide there, pair it up with a 30-day challenge, and you'll be sweet. Also, booking one-on-one Skype coaching, dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create actual change in your life. Ongoing packages are available for those that wish to join the bowl inside, which get the perks of priority messaging and priority session bookings, and of course, those day game foundational boot camps, where you guys can have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set, create the freedom of choice in your dating life, and no longer be scared of what it means to go up to an attractive woman wherever you are, whenever you are, and be able to bring the best of your 50. If you guys would like to donate to this pod to support what's going on here, you can do so through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name, Adam Ui. And anything you donate is tremendously appreciated. I'm extremely humbled and grateful. Thank you so much. And with that being said, it's time to dive into this social Q&A live. Let's go. Trippy Main asked me on last week's social Q&A live three saying, thoughts on dating multiple people. Is it too old-fashioned to think that one should focus attention on only one guy slash girl during the dating phase? So as you can see, that's where that's what I'm talking about. That this is going to be a two-part content because where I wanted to begin with this is that I think if we just take is monogamy too old-fashioned for 2002, 2019, straight up, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Monogamy is just a vehicle. And I think the first thing I want to say here is that. It is foolish to think that you could take a blanket answer to anything around relationships, especially relationship vehicles, and say, well, this is what everyone should do. I just don't. That's not how I operate. It's not how I work. I don't think. I think it's foolish. I think a lot of people are looking for that, though. A lot of people look for the one guru or the one person that's going to tell them, this is how you should run your life. But through my last eight to nine years of personal experience, coaching many different clients, working with not just males, but females as well and listen to the girls in my own relationships as well. What I found is that our lives are far too unique, far too separated, far too compartmentalized, far too subjective to ever throw a blanket and say that, yes, you must be monogamous or no, you must be polygamous or maybe a hybrid in between them. And I feel that's the first thing I want to say is that you just can't be so foolish. You can't be so foolish as to say that uh, everyone should do this. And I think that Beyond the concept, there's only one thing more foolish than that. There's only one thing more foolish than looking for that type of answer, and that's executing that type of answer. You know, it's it's just, it's more foolish to be the type of person that just looks at what everyone else does, sees what your best friend does, see what your uh, friends and family do, and say, well, I just, I guess I'll do that. Even if monogamy doesn't seem to really work for me, or even if polygamy doesn't really seem to work for me, I guess I'll just do that because that's what everyone else around me does. I think that's even more foolish and something that I found not to be uh, particularly helpful at all. So that's, and actually there was a couple of things I want. There was, I did, I did a shred. I did a shred of prep for this session. And by a shred, I made it absolutely shredded that I went into the archives of my uh, Evernote and I found a quote because when I look at, I've, I've done a lot of research in terms of, uh, reading, listening to podcasts of people that are in this space. This is my kind of space as well. And so there's two texts I want to refer to. Sex Adorned by Chris Ryan, of course. That's on one end. And then there's 
The Red Queen by Matt Ridley, which I kind of hold as the gold standard in terms of our biological sexual needs, because there's there's many as there's many ways of thinking about this, and this is where I want to start this podcast. And we'll probably hit this up for the first ten minutes, this live Q and A, and then the final ten minutes or so will probably be me just giving the straight hardcore tactics around this guy's question of how many people should you be seeing during the dating phase, et cetera, et cetera, eggs and baskets, et cetera, et cetera, but. I wanted to pull up this quote. I wanted to pull up this quote from the Red Queen. Uh, It's on page 170. Yeah, page 170 under the phrase, not phrase, but I think the section of the book is called Five Ways to Look at Human Mating Systems. And this is why I kind of hold Matt Ridley's The Red Queen as the gold standard of what I've read in terms of what we need biologically on a sexual standpoint. Which will then, of course, dictate how we uh, how we run our relationship vehicles. I think that is, uh, for better or worse, whether you want to bring the spiritual or not, probably not in this discussion. If you just take away the spiritual, you take away our subjective ideas of romance, so to speak, and we just get down to the hardcore biological uh, wiring, which I think is cannot be shunned away from. You cannot look away from this. And I've heard people talk about the various reasons for why people will cheat. And they seem to bring in a whole bunch of things that I think are pennies on the dollar. I think the dollar comes down to our biological hardcore wiring. And that's just from what I, not only from my own personal experience, but what I've read and listened to other people. So this is a quote from the Red Queen by Matt Ridley, which is gold standard for me. And this is the quote. Mankind is a polygamist and a monogamist, depending on circumstances. Indeed, Perhaps it is foolish even to talk of mankind having a mating system at all. He does what he wants, adapting his behavior to the prevailing opportunity. Page 171, Red Queen. I wanted to kick that. I wanted to kick things off of this because I think that's, uh, I think that's, it's, it's the closest to the truth. It's the closest truth I've found in terms of this debate between monogamy and polygamy and especially in this day in 2019 as well is that I think that, and back to what I said at the beginning, is that we're also subjective and unique in our in our lives, the way that we run our lives. And to think that, well, this is what everyone else does, so I will do this, it's so foolish, it's so inaccurate. And that, for sure, when he just said it right there, that quote, that you know we're opportunists. And I think that's probably most accurate. I think that we are opportunists. I think it's easy to be a monogamist when you have no options, a quote from someone else. I don't remember who said that, but it's, it's, it's something that's for sure I found true. It's very easy to stay with one person if you aren't being presented with many different options, 100%. It's very easy to stay with one person when you live on a farm or in a very small village in a very tight community, a very small town. It's much easier for that person. And maybe just getting beyond easy, it actually suits their needs much more. And that's I think I'll start to wrap this point because I know this is a podcast. I mean, this is half podcast because I've been putting the audio up on the potter, but I do want more time for the Q&A. So I'm going to try and keep these shorter, a little bit sharper and just get straight to the teeth, which is that I think it just comes down to your needs. Whether monogamy is too old fashioned for 2019, I don't think so. I think what's too old fashioned for 2019 is to take blanket statements, blanket modalities blanket vehicles and just apply that to your life and say that that was what everyone else does so this is what i shall do and i think that is too old-fashioned i think that the days of my dad did this and his dad did that so i'll do this i think that's far too old-fashioned 
However, I think what's most important is to find out what you need. If you're the type of dude, type of girl watching this right now that maybe you're in and out of cities every single week, every single month, you're traveling for work, does it really make sense and does it really suit your needs to be settling down and entering a closed lockdown mating system, if you want to use Matt's uh, Matt's uh, terminology there, but if it, you know, just a serious long-term relationship, does that suit your needs? And are you going to be able to service your partner? You know, a relationship, I've used the term vehicle several times here. That's the way I tend to think of it in that, whether it's monogamy or polygamy, they're just vehicles that serve. They're just vehicles that serve. And I said this in a previous social, I think it was social Q&A live too, which is that one of my foundational principles behind a long-term serious relationship or just a relationship in general is that they should never be set up on the premise that this needs to last. I really want you to just marinate on that for a second. No relationship should be set up on the premise that this needs to last. Because what does that say? What are you attached to? What are you infecting this relationship with? Your need, your deeply entrenched need to have someone there with you to shoulder the burden of this life because you aren't strong enough to walk on your own. You don't have the power to walk on your own. Another fundamental principle of mine, which is that no matter what type of relationship that you're in, you must maintain your power to walk on your own, which does not mean that you cannot be vulnerable and dive into the depths of of, it, of intertwined romance between you and your partner to the level of which you would probably sacrifice your life for. Of course, you can still feel all those things. I'm not saying not to allow yourself to, to feel those things. But at the same time, if you ever get to the point where you realize that, oh, somewhere along the journey with my partner, I just gave up. I gave up on my power and I decided, well, this person's going to have to carry me, which is I need them in my life. I need them to be here with me. And there's no way that I could function without them. Right, then that's when you've entered toxicity. That's when, when you've entered an infection. It's an infected relationship at that point. And which, by the way, I will say just from what I've seen from not, my, not just myself, but my friends, my family, clients as well, for sure, which is that monogamy can harbor that infection. Monogamy can harbor that infection. It's not the type of infection you tend to see with polygamy. Now, that's not me shitting on monogamy. As I said, I've said at the beginning, I don't care what vehicle you use as long as it serves your needs. As long as it serves your needs. That's all I, I really uh, want to tie up with it here. And there's many other, we can dive into divorce rates. We can dive into people that just uh, don't have the same sexual desires. They don't want to have multiple mates. They don't want to be sleeping with several different people a week. Needs, what's going to serve it best? And this is what I'll wrap up on this particular section just before I dive into the hard tactics of how many people you should be seeing during the dating phase. The final thing I'll say here is that as long as you are, scratch that. If you can just forget, if you can just forget about what everyone else around you is doing and just think about what is it that I need in my current stage of life right now, because that's going to change. What you need now is going to be very different to what you need in five years, 10 years, and to approach all relationships with that mindset that will my needs are going to change based on my scenario in life and if that is the case then I will not approach relationships with this infection deeply entrenched egoic mindset of that well this needs to last no you should be willing to drop a relationship on a dime the moment the moment you sense that this is not what either of us needs right now that's it that's it now that might seem cold and callous it seems cold and callous to those that are attached to their partners in an egoic manner. 
But if you can separate from that egoic mindset and you can realize that, well, actually, what's best for both of us right here? It seems that I'm traveling a lot. She doesn't want to travel. I actually want to have more sexual partners. She doesn't, or maybe it's the vice versa. Maybe she wants that and you don't, et cetera, et cetera. There's just there's misalignment of life journey here, which is what it all comes down to. A relationship, what is it? Two people riding the journey together, not me carrying you or you carrying me, riding together. The moment we want to go left, you want to go right, we need to separate, we can do that because we're no longer attached. No longer attached. Feeling some fire this morning, baby. That shot of much hit us up. So let me just dive into the comments here for a second. We will begin the Q&A very soon, uh, but I would like to tap in. And if you are in this live stream right now, please drop a thumbs up. I would most appreciate that if you're enjoying this content. Uh, drop me a comment down below. Uh, just let me know you're here in the live stream. Say what's up. And I will just dive in here for a second. We've got a few. We've got, we've got some people. We've got, got Matthew Santos. I love you. I love you too, my friend. Thank you very much. Um, St. Louis in here as well. Adam, this isn't extremely important, but I'm guessing you're into, uh, yeah, I'll save that for the, um, I'll save that for when we begin Q and A. That's almost a question kind of, uh, so anyways, continuing on here, how long are we into this? Well, we kind of fucked up the first minute. We kind of fucked up the first minute. Oh, we're only 16 minutes in. I'm pushing things along. So the second thing I wanted to do here in this content part of this section is that I wanted to just address his question directly when he says the thoughts on dating multiple trippy main says thoughts on dating multiple people is it too old-fashioned to think that one should focus attention on only one guy slash girl during the dating phase uh forget about whether it's too old-fashioned that's that's the part i addressed at the beginning it's just incorrect <laughs> it's just incorrect trippy if you're in the dating phase the very nature of that is that you're screening you're in a screening phase of life in which that you don't know what you want right now. You, don't, you may not even necessarily know who you are right now. And that's why I've always said it, which is that we never start relationships in a closed lockdown position, especially if you're the type of person who's come into this journey, not, not from an abundant place already, not from a well socially developed place already, but you came into this journey because you had a lot of social skills and a lot of social dynamics to build. So even more to those people, aka those who have entered the cold approach journey, even more to those people, they need to start things, all relationships off in an open and free manner, not closed and locked down. And what that means is that you go to the market, you get 10 baskets and 10 eggs and you dis distribute them evenly. That you're not trying to put 10 eggs in one basket. You're not trying to put your entire investment in one basket. And But a lot of people do this. A lot of people say that they're trying to do the 10 basket mentality, but when I look at their actions, actually, you know, they're going out and meeting tons of people. Maybe they have seen two or three girls in the last week, but then they meet one girl and just that girl is slightly next level. And then all of a sudden they get forced into the position of, well, this girl is going to be my all and everything now. She's going to be my all and everything now. And then all of a sudden, all her eggs in one basket, he forgets all the moves that brought him to the dance with this girl. She gets turned off because, like, well, this isn't the guy that I signed up for. What happens when... What happened, what's the often case when, when a guy or girl finds someone they're really into, really attracted to, is that they often turn toxic. They turn toxic in the sense that they stop doing all the things that brought them and that made them attractive in the beginning. They stop showing that indifference to whether they need the result, the outcome of this person. They start putting ungodly amounts of attention on this one person and that forces them into a pressure position. Like, well, what's this going to be like in three months, six months, 12 months? So you forget all the things that you you stop doing all the things that made you attractive in the beginning, which is that well, when I was just living that open that open free mindset of which that hey I've got ten baskets here I've got ten eggs let me just let me just like, throw them all out huh 
Throw it all out. We'll see what happens. We'll see how this manifests over time. You know, give it some time. And of course, we know best on chemistry. You know on chemistry, if you're seeing three or four different people at the same time, trippy men, there's always going to be one. You're always going to be at a scale as to which one's going to be the one you're looking more towards. But there's questions as to how much you want to let her know that. I'll let you decide that for yourself. But what I will say is that you for sure should not be trying to lock down and close that person immediately. If you're in the dating phase, keep it open and free. Oh, that's some good tea right there. I'll discuss that in a second. Open and free so that you can see who each other are under the stipulation, under the guidance of which that, well, I still want to be able to see other people and you still need to be seeing other people as well because we don't really know each other yet. So I'm not going to rush into this. I'm not going to try and lock you down right off the get. And so what that does for you as a man is that it shows her that, oh, this, this guy doesn't actually need me. For the first time in my life, this guy doesn't actually need me. Attraction meters skyrocket. For you on the flip side, what does it do to the what does it do for you when you get to see the girl now under this same type of stipulation? How does the girl react? How does the girl act when all of a sudden she's not getting the validation of the guy that she thought she, that was really into her, not giving her all of it? You know, you're still there with her, but you're not giving all of it. You're not committing to her straight away. How does she respond to that? Does she all of a sudden get super attached and super needy? Do you, so this is what you're finding out. And that during the dating phase and during the phase in which you're bringing in multiple partners, you're saying here's a too old-fashioned to be focusing on one person. It's not too old-fashioned. It's just inaccurate. It's incorrect. Right? It's incorrect because you're saying in the dating phase that you've got 10 baskets, but really you're putting all your eggs in one. So distribute evenly. Get multiple experiences with multiple people. Keep it open and free until you really start to know someone. Then you can lock it down. Bang. So keeping my promise. I get my promise. That wraps up the content section of this live social live episode four. If you guys are enjoying this, drop a thumbs up down below. If you're watching this and post, drop me a comment. Uh, let me know what you're thinking about it. And drop a thumbs up as well for sure. Um, now, of course, we're going to segue and slide our way into the Q&A section. So for those of you that have got questions right now around dating, social dynamics, relationships, anything in this realm of human interaction, please drop them in the uh, activity feed right now. And of course, the Super Cheat, uh, Super Cheat, <laughs> let me do yeah. The Super Chat is available. So last time, I didn't get enough time. I didn't get to answer all the questions because we got a pizza out at 11.30. Uh, well, actually, I think I started this at a slightly different time, but roughly about an hour and a half or so. So if you would like to get your question boosted to the top, you can donate to the channel through the Super Chat. Anything you donate through there goes straight back to the channel. I will dive much harder on your context, dive much harder on your question, and uh, it just gets boosted to the top, and we'll spend, we'll go hard on that. So with that being said, let me uh, let me fly in. Let me fly into these uh, these questions right here. So... Da -da -da -da. Coming in through here, I saw a question box. Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, <laughs> thanks for Matthew Santos. Thanks for, thanks for being my crush. That's I, it's okay. No worries. <laughs> uh, mysteriously kind. That's a cool shirt. Thank you, mysteriously kind. Much appreciated. Uh, St. Louis says to me, Adam, this isn't extremely important, lol, but I'm guessing you're into SE Asian girls, Southeast Asian girls, uh, probably Laos, Vietnamese, and Thai wink. Uh, yeah, not really. Not really, Louis. Um, I remember this question you, you popped up last time. He asked me 
if what was my preference uh, for girls. I don't really have a preference. And I, and when I say that, my preference is based on where I am. <laughs> my preference is based on what is available. You know, there's only I, more than actual a preference for a certain type of woman or her background. I have a, a, a aversion. I, I don't, there's only, there's only one type of girl I'm not really into in terms of their background. And that's Australian girls. For whatever reason, I am just not that attracted to just straight Aussies. It might be because I've grown up around them all my life and because I've done a lot of traveling. I've just realized that uh, European girls in particular, uh, half-halves like myself that are half Australian, half American, half British, but also uh, half Vietnamese, half Filipino, half uh, Chinese, half uh, Laos, half uh, Mongolian. Uh, you know, I like ex- I like things that are exotic to me. I like things that interest me, that bring me adventure, which is why straight Aussie girls kind of bore me. <laughs> now, 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 listen, if you go to day game sessions too, some of the girls, the girls that I got off most with were straight Aussie girls. So it's not that I can't get along with Aussie girls. And of course, I'm only just speaking generalities here. But what I found in my journey is that uh, I, I like adv- I like adventure, and it's always going to come down to the, to the unique personality of the girl. It's just that if you're living in Australia, if you're in Adelaide, Melbourne, or Sydney, there's a lot of girls that are like me, which are half halves, ABCs, Australian born Chinese, or ABMs, Australian born Malaysian, Australian born Filipino, etc. Where they've got half half, where they've got the kind of uh, attitude of like the LA girl or this Aussie girl, but they're you know they've got a kind of little bit of Asian mixing with them as well. I like that, but I like Russian girls just as much. I like uh, I like European girls just as much. It really is just what's around, you know. Latino girls for sure, for sure. The only girl that I I can only say the other girl that I'm not really into is straight Aussie girls. That's in general though, because actually one of my girlfriends was one of my first uh, major girlfriends was a uh, straight Aussie girl, and she's great. Shout out to B. Shout out to Beck. Oh, actually, no, she was British. <laughs> well, she's, she's British, but she's just, she grew up in Australia. So anyways, all right, we'll move on from that. Um, by the way, I was going to shout out to this tea before. This is like, uh, this has got like a dandelion root. It's kind of got matcha in it as well, but it's got, uh, it's green tea. It's got a censure. I think it's the base is censure, but it's got dandelion root. In it. It's good. Oh, shit, yes. So moving on. Moving on. Oh, and actually, just to provide some tactics around that, Louis, uh, I think you're in a relationship, but for people who are going out trying to, for guys that are going out trying to meet girls, re- let go of your preferences, right? They're only generalities, and it's only based on your experience as well. You know, it only takes one. It only takes one fucking amazing Indian girl to show you that, oh, well, all of my preconceptions about Indian girls go out the window now because I met Satyana, who's an absolute firecracker. I remember this girl that I met... Uh, at ABCs in Melbourne, I'd never really been to Indian girls. I'd never really been with an Indian girl before, um, and I just saw these uh, Indian girls just sitting down at this table. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll try it out. So I go, I mentioned, I sit down with them. I don't normally approach Indian girls, but I was like, yo, what's going on tonight? And I eventually just connect with this one girl who's like Jasmine. She's like Jasmine from Aladdin, and I'm like, how have I missed this? How have I missed this? One of my favorite Disney movies of all time, and I'm not going after. I just physically, I'm not that attracted to Indian girls, but if they've got a bit of mix in them, that's not bad. It's not bad. But anyways, the tactics of what I was saying, there's that let go of your preconceptions. Uh, yes, I'm not that much into Aussie girls, but there's some cool ones out there. Okay, so moving to Kevin B. Kevin B says, my main friends are either married slash engaged or in serious relationships. 
What are your thoughts on them saying to, in quotes, not look for a girlfriend and, in quotes, if it's meant to be, it'll happen? In quotes. Great question, Kev. Great question. You know what my initial response to that was? Fuck him. <laughs> uh, fuck, fuck him in the most respectable way possible. Now, let me dive into that. What I'm saying, when I say fuck him, I say that because it's funny. But what I really mean is that they're saying that, of course. Of course they would say that, Kev. Of course the carrot farmer would say, buy my carrots. You picking up what I'm putting down here? That's their, that's their frame of reality. That's their perception in this world of which that this is their current modality of operating. So, of course, everyone else, that's just the way they view. That's their projections. That's, that's uh, the lens they're currently filtering reality through. So, of course, they would say that, which is why that, you know, when I say fuck them, I'm saying that in a funny way, which is that, listen, I love you. I love what you say right now. Of course, they're your friends. Respect their opinion. Respect their perspective. But at the same time, realize that I'm not looking for carrots necessarily. So why would I get all my advice from carrot farmers? You know, that that's what that's what I'll be look. That's that's the way that I view it. That's the way I would view it. And my thoughts on more specifically when they say you know to not look for a girlfriend and just if it's meant to be, it'll happen. You know, that's the way it happened for them, most likely, most likely. But for you, for anyone in general, let's just cut the shit here. There is no it'll it'll meant to be. It will happen. You know what that is. You know what that's the equivalent of, Kev. That the equivalent of it'll just happen, or if it's meant to be, it'll be. The equivalent of that is when a girl says to a guy, just be yourself. Not very helpful, is it? Not very helpful. I've said this in a couple of different videos. Some of the best advice is often not the very most helpful advice. The best advice a girl could ever give you is just be yourself. Often at the same time, though, is the least helpful advice. Because what does that mean? What does that mean, just be yourself? What does it mean if it's meant to be, it'll be? What, is there some... Is there some God up in the sky that has not only the universe to run, but has also simultaneously invested in my romantic interests and somehow has laid out this plan for my romantic interests, for your romantic interests, Kev? Yet simultaneously is also having to uh, balance the, the gravitational pull of planets. I don't think so. I don't think that's how it happens. I don't think cosmologically that there is a uh, a way to your romantic path in this life. Not that I've seen. Seems a little irrational, doesn't it? But we love, but we love to wrap ourselves. We love to wrap ourselves in these phrases. It's if it's meant to be, it'll be. If it's meant to be, it'll be. Which essentially means, uh, you know. Luck. <laughs> they kind of you just thinking out luck right there. But those people are just coming from a frame of mind. I'm trying to be polite here. I'm trying to be compassionate. They're coming from a frame of reality in which that that's most likely had happened for them. Which what does that really mean? They most likely let, met their partners through a social circle, through a work circle, or getting drunk circle. Right. That's that's the three. Or if they're a little bit more savvy, online dating. Right. They might have met their partner through one of those four avenues. Okay. And so when people who are quote-unquote naturals, or if not, just not naturals, but aren't below a five. On the scale of zero to 10, 10 being an absolute natural, zero being the hardcore of all hard cases. If you're a five and above, especially trending towards seven and above, then you're most likely going to meet your partner through work, social, getting drunk circle, or potentially online dating. One of those four. 
And if that's the case, what you what you hear from those people, Kev, is that when they talk about how they met their partner, they're just like, oh, it was just meant to be. It was just meant to be. Yet they don't look at the underlying mechanism, which is that, well, it's actually because they happen to be eight hours a day working in the same building as this person and found that person through that modality. Or they happen to have met them through their friends at an invited hiking event or et cetera, et cetera. They don't like to look at the mechanisms because they're not social dynamic uh, connoisseurs. They're not breaking this shit down like I am. So they'll wrap it up. They'll wrap it up. It's like, but we've been doing this for all of time. Human beings have been telling stories to interpret phenomena in this world that we just don't understand for all of time. You know, when a tsunami hits, it's back 3,000 years ago when a tsunami hit, there was no scientific explanation. We didn't, they didn't know about tectonic plates 3,000 years ago. What was a much more likely and much more believable and much more harmonizing way of interpreting this phenomena? Oh, well, there's a god in the sky that's angry because we didn't sacrifice this pig. We did not sacrifice this pig. We did not sacrifice this virgin. Better sacrifice more virgins. If it's meant to be, it'll be. And if you guys want to know more about this type of stuff, just just hit up. Shot the mate here. Hey. Just, just hit up one of these. Two, this one first. Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. A Brief History of Humankind. Amazing. And then the follow-up, Homo Deus. Not as amazing, but still pretty good. This one, though, will get you sorted. And uh, fucked up the chair here. Give me a second. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it for those books. Okay, we're back in. Back in the game. So, rationalizations, stories to interpret the phenomenon in our world. If it's meant to be, it'll be, Kev. If it's meant to be, it'll be. What that really means, if you are a five and below on the scale of zero to ten of social dynamics, what that means is you'll be a lonely, depressed sexless being for the rest of your life hey drop it down a second here if you have acknowledged that you have to walk the path of social dynamics in order to transform yourself and to build that part of your temple then it is foolish to take the mindset of someone who is in a more natural position of life in which that they can use certain uh stories such as if it's meant to be it'll be and just let it happen so to speak it's foolish because that's the moves, the, so to speak, that brought them to the dance. That's not the move that's going to bring you to the dance. You're coming from a completely different place in which that, hey, I actually have to learn this shit. I actually have to be proactive about it. And to just think that a girl is going to come to me, well, hey, listen, listen, try that out for the next 10 years and tell me how it goes. Tell me how it goes. Tell me how it goes if your 10 is just going to walk up to you. If... If you're 10, if you, if, in, in the, if you lived in a realm, if you lived in a world, if you lived in a universe in which that your 10 was already approaching you, then you wouldn't be listening to this content. Then you would not be here right now. Then you would not, you would not need to entertain any of this if you're already in that place. So by the very nature of you acknowledging that I'm not in that place means that, well, I can just throw out all that if it's meant to be, it'll be shit straight out the window and go, well, I need to get on my fucking bike. I need to get on my bike and just, and hustle and work and get out there. So yeah, I can listen. I want to just wrap up Kev's question here, which is that, you know, what, what would I say to his friends is which I'll politely say, thank you, but fuck you. <laughs> I'd say thank you, but fuck you, which is that I love you. I love you because you're my friends, but however, I'm not in the same position as life of you. I have not come from the same 
uh, deck, so to speak. I've My cloth was uh, slightly tattered on the come up. So I'm going to have to repair. I'm going to have to grab the sewing kit and get to work. That's what I would say. Or, well, you know, of course, I wouldn't say that directly to them. Oh, you could. You could if you want. Actually, maybe I would. Maybe I would. But that's the mindset I'll take for you, Kev, is that, yeah, don't, don't, uh, it's like what I said at the beginning of this poto, uh, this social Q&A, which is that it's foolish to take and to see what other people do and then apply it to you. You have your own unique needs. You have your own uh, journey through life. The journey will always be your journey. So hope that wraps that. I hope that gives you some value there, my friend. If you guys are in this live stream right now and enjoying this content, please drop a thumbs up down below. Drop a comment as well. We're in the Q&A. We're in the Q&A section, so drop any questions that you have. And of course, the super chat option is there. So if you would like to uh, donate anything to this channel, get your question boosted to the top, you can do that through super chat. Uh, was there anything? Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. By the way, for those of you that don't know, because this is only the fourth episode, I I repost this on YouTube pretty damn soon once this session's done, in case you missed it. But also, if you didn't went, went in from the beginning, but also I've been stripping the audio and putting it on the podcast. So that's why I'm kind of treating it like a podcast at the same time uh, in my uh, delivery anyway. So if you just want the straight audio, you guys can hit that up on Bordeaux Podcast, and, uh, which is, of course, on Spotify, iTunes. You can download the episode straight from Bordeaux.com as well. You can download the MP3. So let me move on here and get some more questions. Trippy Main says, Adam, thanks for addressing my question. This talk was really insightful. I haven't dated in many years, and this is an eye-opener for sure. No worries, man. No worries. I'm glad I could bring you some value there. And Randy Perez comes in and says, Hey, Adam, any tips for introverts trying to have a social life or with girls in general? Yeah, good question, actually. Good question. Interesting that I haven't heard a phrase quite this way. Well, I haven't, at least not in these four, four social Q&As have I had this phrase this way. So hmm, how deep you want to go with this? Let's just break this down real quick. Introvert versus extrovert. Neither is better nor worse. It's really just your natural standpoint. What matters to me is how far you're willing to push your comfort zone. You know, extroverts, by their very nature, uh, their comfort zones are already, so to speak, pushed. However, that's just relative to you. Like if you're if you're more of an introvert and looking at extroverts, you might think, oh shit. Jimmy's actually Jimmy's comfort zone is so much further wider than mine you know as if he has even even does he even have a comfort zone he does relative based to himself because we all just live within our natural set point so introverts just have a much more restricted set point in which that they tend to focus their attention they tend to focus their desires more not of course as the name speaks more inwardly for sure but not just inwardly as well and that doesn't introverts don't just mean that they're shy and awkward Introverts around other introverts can be very boisterous, can be very out, outgoing just within their own uh, kind, you could call it, so to speak. So when more specific, and I just wanted to bring some some uh, clarity around the terms there. So more to your question though, uh, any tips trying to improve for introverts trying to improve their social life and just trying to have a social life with girls in general, which is that, yeah, I would... I would just push the comfort zone for you. I wouldn't try and do it. This this seems to be the theme of this discussion right now, which is that just do you. Just do you. Is monogamy too old, too old fashioned for 2019? Just do you. For Kev, when your best friends who are more natural sad points or are saying if it will be, just let it be. 
If it's going to be, it'll be, etc. Hey, just do you. Same thing here with you. If you're an introvert, listen, you don't need to have the same social life and same social circle as some of your extroverts who are maybe seeing 10, 20 different people across a week. You know, got coffee here, got sushi date here, got this uh, live tapas bar event here, and oh, I'm going to be out to 3 a.m., etc. And they're just like these uh, fireflies, the social fireflies. You don't need to be a social firefly. All I would say for an introvert, though, is just push your comfort zone. And so it's just relative to you. Just relative to you. If 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 you don't, if you only go out once a month, right? If you're if you're not even meeting anyone at all, let's just bring down real kind of more tactical here. If you're not meeting anyone at all, well, how about instead of saying, "Well, I'm going to go out Friday, Saturday, Sunday," how about I just go out for half an hour today? And I push my comfort zone for half an hour today. I would just downscale to match your current set point. And that's all it is, baby steps. Baby steps. Should an introvert aspire to be an extrovert? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What makes an introvert an introvert special is that they have things that and view the world in a way that extroverts never could. If you just look at the advent of Japanese animation and anime, the typical anime, uh, if you want the the creators, if you want to look at the actual animators themselves, if you want to look at the people behind it, would not typically be classified as extroverts. If you were to consider maybe uh, you know Hollywood celebrities as extroverts, and then the creators of Japanese animation, you want to talk about uh, Miyazaki, you know, if you want to talk about Studio uh, Ghibli, I think we can separate between extrovert and introvert. There, neither's better nor worse. And that the social life of um, of Miyazaki versus the social life of Leonardo DiCaprio, neither better nor worse. All I would say is that just push for you, push for you, and do the things that you still love, and keep bringing your light to the world in the way that you can. Because I would, it would be a shame. It would be an absolute abomination if there was a young person watching this, or if you right now, Randy, are watching this, and you attempted to change yourself because you see society and you see people out there in society doing other things, operating in different ways that suits them and feel like, I have to be like that. What if you were to be the creator of Studio Ghibli? Studio Ghibli. Yet somewhere along the way, you saw what other people were doing and you changed your way of being and all of a sudden you went down five, ten years of being someone that you weren't and that Studio Ghibli never came out. And through the pro, you know, your natural gifts never came out because you're always trying to be someone that you weren't. You know, I, I always caution against looking at people outside of yourself and saying, "Well, they're doing this, so I'll do that as well." You know, and so I know we've kind of gone for a slight tangent here, but for an introvert, you know, for an introvert trying to just have a more social life, I would say is that you take look, listen. The principles apply. The same principles apply, which is that you need to go out, you need to meet people, just not necessarily on the same volume and frequency as other people, based on your desires, based on your desires. And maybe you're more introverted right now, but maybe you get a taste for it. Maybe you get a taste for it. I've, I've had a lot of clients that are, a lot of my clients are the introverts of introverts, especially the bootcamp clients. And once they get a taste for what it looks like to maybe meet 60, 70 people in a day, because they're under the bootcamp uh, structure, then maybe they start, ah, maybe I will start going out once a week. And that's enough for them. You know what I'm saying? So just do you. Just do you. And of course, take the principles at the beginning of this Q&A, uh, before the Q&A of talking about monogamy and polygamy and say, listen, extroverts, you might think, well, 
extroverts probably side more towards starting polygamous and more open and free. But hey, listen, introverts as well. Introverts should, everyone should start all relationships in an open and free manner, especially for introverts. I would say more for introverts because introverts are far more susceptible to just locking down one person out of scarcity and out of need because they, by the very default, have very little option because they don't seek option. They don't necessarily want a lot of option, but that's where they need to be even more cautious. So as you right now, Randy, trying to to find your way through, I want to spend eight hours a day reading. I want to spend five, seven days working on my craft, working on my anime creation, if that's the thing you're doing. I'm not sure. Of course, I don't know if that's what you're doing, but if you, you know, your your solitary pursuit. Introverts often have very solitary pursuits or pursuits in life that have just maybe just a small, very small circle. You've got to be very cautious of that when you enter the sexual realm, because in the sexual realm, you're going to have to, you're going to have to open yourself up. You're going to have to open yourself up to the proposition that, well, actually, I don't really know myself as well as I would like to being an introvert in a more socially polarized, sexually polarized interaction in which, oh, actually, maybe I haven't seen or even slept with a girl in the last three, six, 12 months. And now all of a sudden I met this one girl and I want to lock her down. Ah, hold up. Hold up. Why do you want to lock her down? Why do you want to lock her down? Introverts need to ask these questions for themselves. They need to dive in and they need to know themselves. And I'm not saying that now that person needs to just f- drop that girl and go, up. Oh, I need to go to sleep with five, 10 girls now. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that, ah, actually, how about instead of as knowing myself as a default introvert, instead of doing what the default introvert would do, which is lock this girl down straight away because I might not find another girl because I don't like going out and meeting other people. How about instead of that, slow it down. Let me just give this a month. Give this a couple, give us a bit of time. Set up the T's and C's of this relationship in which I say to this girl, listen, I need to know us. I need to know each other for a little bit more time before we commit to anything more serious. And I would like you to see and have the freedom to meet other people. I need to have that freedom as well. And, you know, we'll enjoy the open freedom of this sexually polarized relationship right now. And we'll do the best for that right now. And then we'll come in and we'll review. We'll review for sure. But I don't need you to be locked down. And I don't want to be locked down right now because I want these things. And I want this relationship to have the best chance possible, which is not infected by my neediness. And really, as an introvert, you just project protecting as an introvert you're just protecting against your own negativity your own negative potentiality of being needy being attached being attached to seeing this person riding you out through the rest of life which a lot of introverts get to i didn't really mention this because i this you know the beginning of this uh this social q a could have been an entire podcast where i was going to talk about marriage i was going to talk about divorce rates i was going to talk about uh, all these different things and the my friends that are getting engaged and my friends that have been through years and years of just monogamy and my friends that have been through but but I didn't want to get into that because I want to spend more time in the Q&A but I have other podcasts on that so for you Randy I have Potter's I, I have Potter's on the uh, love sex and marriage I think that's what I got I have I've done two Potter's at least that have touched on marriage maybe something you want to might dive into a little bit more well, we go more into that. But anyways, okay, diving back into the Q&A. And if you guys are enjoying this right now, please drop a thumbs up down below. Drop me a question. Drop me a comment. If you're watching this in post, drop me, a, drop me a comment on the video. If you're watching this in post, it really helps the video out. 
We're going to dive back into these questions. Let's go. Oh, shit. Super chat. Here we go. <laughs> Kevin B drops that super chat. $5 donation. Grateful that someone like you understands where I'm coming from. And uh, I went really hard on Kev's question before. So he's just sharing the love and sharing the uh, gratitude. So thank you very much, Kev. That $5 super chat goes straight back towards this channel. That's a, uh, that's a brick in the, in the dojo, in the bowl dojo. That's, that's your brick in the Great Wall of China right there. So I thank you so much. And I'm just super grateful. It's amazing. So for those of you that are also in this live stream, if you do no donate to the Super Chat and you have a question, I will dive much harder. I will bump that to the top and I'll put it above all else. That was just Kev just sharing the love. And I thank you very much. So yes, let's keep it going. How, how are we going for time here? I do have to... I, a couple of Q&As ago, we went for almost two hours and I really fucked up my schedule for the day and I was, had to apologize to a few clients. So I've got to be more on, on point with my timing. We're going all right here. We've got about half an hour to go. So get those questions in. Mm-mm. Okay, so diving in. Uh, oh, so Kev actually had a second question there. So actually what I will do is I'll, 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 he had a question which is on a completely different point, point, which is that also what are your thoughts on porn and sexual performance? Do you think it can truly hinder how, how you do in the bedroom? Great question. Great question. So what I'll do here is that, uh, Kev, I'll put this in. Uh, I'll put this straight to the top. And I'll give you a little far more insight on this since you donated to the Super Chat. So thoughts on porn and sexual performance. It's interesting because the NoFap stuff has been popping up a lot lately. This whole FAP thing has been popping up a lot. Porn itself has been popping up a lot. It's something that for years I have not touched on. Yet I made a video. Uh, I, have do- I have done a video on the channel called My Thoughts on NoFap. But I'm thinking about just rehashing it. Not that, not that it's changed too much. But I'll go half for you here, Kev. Which is, listen, my thoughts on porn and sexual performance is this. If you do not currently have the ability to reach orgasm through pure meditation, and when I say meditation, I don't mean the Zen monk sitting in the temple for eight hours a day. I'm not talking about that. When I'm talking about meditation, what I'm, refer- I'm just using it as one word to sum up an essential practice, which you might look at in an Indian style as tantric, which essentially means this, Kev. If you do not have the ability to be able to reach orgasm, climax, ejaculation, without stimulation outside of yourself, external stimulation, such as pornographic material, and actually, if you want to get to the next level, visualization as well, I'm going to take you through a few levels here. I'm going to take you through some of my personal practices, which has helped me a lot with sexual performance. Because I'm going to go hard here because you donated to the Super Chat. So let's fucking dive into this. <laughs> this, is, this is going to get... If for those of you that are under 18, nah, because just in case there are people from YouTube watching this, I will keep this uh, as G-rated as possible. PG-13. But listen, this is it. I don't, I don't think you have the legs i don't think you had the leg room i don't think you had the leeway to be even entertaining porn if you cannot do what i'm about to describe which is that you can lie down and that you can get an erection through no sex no external stimulation if you can't get an erection just based on breathing and directing your blood flow down to that area through conscious breathing in which that this is what you're going to do here 
You're going to lie down. All right. If you need the first five minutes, and yes, this is very challenging when you first begin. So this is not going to happen in a day, especially for those of you that are very attached to porn and very attached to sexual stimulation from the external. This is going to be one of the most challenging things of your life. It's one of the most challenging things I've had to learn for sure. But the return on investment is incredible. So what you're going to do is that you're just going to start off with just lying down and you're just going to breathe. Just get into a meditative space and which that you're just going to breathe. Deep diaphragmatic breaths. Deep diaphragmatic breaths in which that you're just breathing deep into your balls, deep into the diaphragm. Let the breath start in the balls. Let the breath start in the diaphragm. Okay, just give yourself five of those to begin with. And then what you're going to focus on is that now I'm going to direct, and you see me close my eyes right now for those in the pod who are listening. I'm closing my eyes. Closing your eyes, you're just going to direct all your blood flow and all of your energy down into, can I say genitals without YouTube throwing me off here? <laughs> Hopefully. All right, you're going to throw the, you're going to just direct all your blood through, blood flow down into that region, right? Down into your genitals. And you're just going to focus on that blood. Just send the blood down there. No visualization. You are not allowed to visualize any sexual uh, scenery, any sexual imagery, none of that. You are first just going to focus on, can I get an erection just through breathing and just through conscious blood direction? Until you can do that, you you are not allowed to watch porn. You are not allowed to entertain the idea of porn. That's step one. And what I'll do is, because for some of you, that might be, that might be, you might, for some of you, you might not have even tried this. So it might be the, the most difficult thing in your life and it might not even happen. Or maybe you get half of the way. Maybe you spend half an hour trying and you get like a couple movements. You get a couple movements. That's a win. That's a win. For those of you that are deeply entrenched and attached to porn, it's a win that if you could just sit there for five minutes, breathe and just direct blood down into your, uh, what can I say about YouTube trying to throw me off here? Because I think genitals is not a is not an offensive, it's not a sexualized term. All right, all right, I'm a bit cautious with it, but anyways, that's where I'd begin. Now, for some of you, that might be really easy, and you might get an erection, boom, straight off the bat, just from breathing, just from blood flow direction, blood flow direction. That's very hard to say quickly. Once you can do that. All right, and once you can and once you can bring up an erection through that modality and through that method, Kev, then what you're going to do is just learn to stimulate. Be very careful with my words here. Just stimulate, just through touch, but with no visual imagery. No visual imagery. You are not allowed to visu- visualize sexy girls. You are not allowed to visualize your fantasies and fantasize about different sexual escapades and and uh, things of this nature. You are not allowed to do that. You have to focus so hard on just maintaining the blood flow and the breathing down to this area. And the only stimulation is coming from, of course, your hand and your touch, but there is no visualization going on. And that's step two. Now, this might, you might, you might, uh, now look what's going on here is that there is no objective towards ejaculation. There is ejaculation is not the goal. Orgasm is not the goal. That's not the goal. Right? Because if you focus on that, you'll lose it. The moment you try and focus on trying to ejaculate and trying to come to orgasm in five seconds and 30 seconds in a minute, right? you focus on the outcome, you'll lose the blood flow. You'll lose the focus. You'll lose the erection. I was giving advice to this guy in the comments on, a, uh, on yesterday's video drop. 
on this and say he was he was saying something similar to the effect of he he loses an erection when he make out makes out of a girl he just doesn't get turned out with the make out of a girl is it is it better for him to just skip foreplay and just try and get to sex with the girl and therein lies his issue in which is that he's not enjoying the dance of sexuality along the way he has not learned to have emotional sex before physical sex and this is the thing right here for you kevin which i want to dive real deep because you're super chat which is that you have to learn to have emotional sex first and there and there your sexual performance will improve i don't care how much you can deadlift i don't care how much you can squat i don't care what kind of uh, cardiovascular pace you can push if you don't know how to tap into the present moment and if you don't have full command over your tools and you don't have full command over your sexual equipment, then you can be in tremendous physical shape and not be able to hold an erection. You can be in incredible physical shape and have tremendous sexual performance, have tremendous, tremendous lack of sexual performance because you don't have command over your emotions. You don't have command over your ability to stay present. You don't have command of your ability to just allow, feel blood flow. And so if you can't do that on your own, how's that going to be when you're super nervous and super anxious with a girl in front of you? That's what we're talking about here. So step by step, and to wrap this up through here, because we are starting to get a bit long on this. Number one, I just want to break it down to baby steps. Number one, just be able to maintain and get an erection through breathing and through blood flow. Can do that. Then just go through the act and the practice of masturbation. Hopefully I can say that about YouTube kicking me. And uh, just with no visual stimulation. No visual stimulation and no pornographic stimulation. You can do that. Then bring yourself to ejaculation and orgasm. That's the final step without the porn, without the visual stimulation, just through breathing, just through touch, just through the blood flow. When you can do all those three things, and this is the final wrap up here, Kev. When you can do all those three things, then you can watch porn. And why am I so confident saying that? Because then you will no longer need porn. Because then you realize that, holy shit, I never even knew what an orgasm was until this point. It's 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 uh it's it's night and day, it's it's sun and moon, it's ridiculous. This the orgasm, a true orgasm that came and that was born through your breathing and through your blood flow, and that you carried the whole way through, just through pure focus on the present moment. It's like that's a tsunami. It's like it feels like a tsunami when you finally come to orgasm. When you come to orgasm through the external stimulation of a screen, that's like that's like a drop. That's like a that's like a that's like that's like getting this like this glass of water just doing this. And for those of you that are listening, just kind of get a glass of water, just kind of shake it. Right? That's what that's what it feels like when you ejaculate to porn versus when you come to orgasm through this tantric style through the style of full connection to the present moment and you've taken yourself there through just the, the breathing and just through the blood, that's like a tsunami. You lose, you lose control of yourself. You lose control of your body. You lose control of your mind. You enter a different realm. You literally enter a different realm when you hit that point. It's ecstasy to the highest level. And that's just on your own. And then when you can bring that to a woman... You can bring that to a sexual experience of a woman and you can bring that to her. You want to talk about sexual performance here, Kev? It's, that's why. That's why you should do this in the sense, that, oh, there's so many reasons. We do a whole podcast of this. But that's where I'd begin. And that's why I'd say that you, porn, porn only has a place when you have full command of your sexual equipment, your, sexual, your ability to have emotional sex first. Then you can fuck around with porn because then it's just funny. 
then it's just funny at that point. When porn is funny and you don't need it, then you can use porn. But then, of course, it's the paradox in which that you will no longer even want to use porn because those that can bring themselves to orgasm and to true orgasm through their own ability. That's that's the holy grail. That's that's it's just it's it's like going from it's like going from wild caught kangaroo, wild caught fish to just some bullshit piece of McDonald's. Porn is bullshit McDonald's. True t- true tantric orgasm is the most organic grass, not just grass fed, but grown through the land, derived from the land based meat you could ever imagine. Just that, just that that. Ah, oh, that organic sustenance from the earth. That's what it is. So that's what I'll focus on for you, Kevin. That's for anyone, I would say. So I thank you very much for that super chat. That's why I want to dive real deep on you uh, for this right here. And I really appreciate it. So we're going to dive back into these comments here. We'll move to the next questions. Uh, if you guys are enjoying this, please drop a thumbs up down below. If you're watching this in post, drop a thumbs up. Let me know your feedback on this uh, live Q&A. And I uh, keep dropping those questions. We've got about uh, just under 20 minutes, just under 20 minutes here. So I'll get us through as many questions as I can. Uh, and of course, for those of you that are in the Super Chat, uh, would like to get your question bumped, you can donate to the Super Chat, go straight over to the channel. Um, yeah, fuck yeah, let's get into this. Let's get in on this. So moving down these questions. Matthias Santos says, what is your principles into a pulling phase in day game, I am trouble with this in a. I am trouble with this a long time. Okay, hold on. The English is not the best here, so let me decipher this. What are your principles? I think he means into pulling phase in day game. So I think, are you saying you're in a pulling phase, as in you're in the part of your life in which that you're trying to bring in as many sexual experiences as possible in day game? in macro or are you talking about micro in which that the actual one-to-one because you can look at that two different ways i think i'm going to take my best case uh, listen i'll cover both okay so my principles i'll cover both just in case he means both or wants to know about both so if you're in a pulling phase in your journey of day and what does that mean you're just trying to get as many sexual experiences as possible to really just learn about yourself learn about the different uh learn how to bring the best of sexuality to many different women, many different people, and to understand many different women and many different people and their sexual needs, just in a macro sense, a great idea to go out and and have sexual experiences with many different people. My principles behind that is that keep it one and done. Keep it one and done. And that mentality is that I only expected this interaction would last one time. I only expected that when I met this girl the night that we would have in one night of passion and that's that's it. That's it. If 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 we all of a sudden want to see each other again, great. But I didn't expect anything more from her, right? It's this detachment in which that you can go out and you can bring a sexual experience with this, this attractive woman or your girl, this attractive guy into your life, and that we can share this this experience, this learning experience, because I'm trying to get these sexual experiences. And that's it. That's all it ever needed to be. I didn't, I didn't need anything more from this. That's my macro principle with the one and done. And that I didn't need anything more from this. If we want more from this, great. We can explore that. That's the macro principle. Bring it down to micros now. You're talking about if he's thinking about micro principles behind bringing one girl back 
in the day and having a special sexual experience with a girl from day game, which is that it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen. Within day, and when I say day, what, it, what I mean, it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen off the initial interaction. It doesn't need to happen off the initial day two. All right? Day game is a much slower burn. Day game is a much slower burn than at night. Okay, my principles behind that in the micro is that, okay, listen, it's much better if, you, if you're going to have, it depends how the first interaction went. If you had a three-hour instant day of your initial interaction, it's a very different story. But if we take the average day game scenario of which that you went out, you met this girl, you had a five-second, sorry, five-minute interaction, maybe you went for a quick coffee, maybe you went for a quick tea, and maybe that lasted half an hour or so. That's an average interaction, okay? Had a quick instant day. And then you seeded for a day two that was going to hit up in three th- three days' time. Your principle should be that I'm not even concerned with having sex with this girl until we get to know each other and I see what this girl is like. All right, I'm going to screen her on the day two to see if this is even a girl that I want to spend more time with. And then on a day two, if you guys are lighting up together, for sure, progress it. If you have time, for sure, progress it. All right. You never set it up with the expectation, though, that I was going to try and have dinner and I was going to try and pull this girl off the initial day two, though. No, it's just going to affect this interaction with your neediness and your attachment. So you keep it at the low-key, low-investment principles of all day twos, for sure. My hardcore principles there. And that if it manifests, if it's, so to speak, that you have magic in the garden and you're making out, it's like, holy fuck, I've got time tonight. She's got time tonight. Let's go get a bite together. Let's go back to my place. Let's go back to her place. You hit that Disney and chill. And then it just naturally, organically progresses from there. Fine. That's fine. However, never push that. As in, never... uh, Let me... Some of you might not get the nuance of that. So let me be even more clear. Never expect that. Never, Never try and push it to that point when it doesn't need to be. When it's like, well, you guys just kind of made out and this is good. This is all it needs to be. We'll hit up for the day three. That's just as good. I would prefer that. I would prefer that you slow burnt a little bit more in the day than at night. At night, you have to go six gear because that's the nature of it. It's that crazy animalistic vibe. You might not ever see this person again because of the nature of this crazy environment. So push it a lot harder there. But during the day, you should not have the expectation of having sex early on uh, because it's just going to infect the uh, infect you. It's going to infect you. It's going to convey to the woman here that you need this more than you actually do. So what I'd say is that lead, lead hard, lead strong as always, bring that direct and good authentic vibe and just carry it through. Read the person in front of you. Some girls aren't ready. How about that? Some girls aren't ready. A lot of girls aren't ready to have sex on the first day, right? If you try and push that, see ya. See ya. You try and push that over girl, see ya. She's not because you weren't savvy. You didn't have social savviness. So hopefully that answers that, my friend. So we're going to move down here uh, to the next question. Hopefully you guys are enjoying. Oh, oh, holy shit. We've got that second Super Chat donation. Just before I, I just kind of gave up. It's always so exciting to me but because we're so new to this and also it's just fucking amazing. But let me just say this. I was, what I was going to say there is that if you guys are enjoying this, drop a thumbs up down below. Drop your Q&As, your questions. We've got 15 minutes to go here. Randy Perez comes in with the $4.99. You're a businessman. That four ninety nine, forget the five. <laughs> uh, that's a business mentality right there. I don't mind that. Randy Perez drops a four ninety nine super chat saying, "Thank you, bro, for answering my question with the folded hands emoji." And I'll be looking forward for that podcast in the future. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. No, Randy, thank you so much. 
Uh, I'm just glad that I could bring some value to you. And what I would say is that I have I have two pottos around monogamy and marriage. There's one that's in the 50s. There's one in the 50s, and there's one in, and there's one that's like 70s, 80s, uh, like number 50 or number 70. It's a little bit further up. One more around my ideas around marriage, and one more around polygamy and monogamy in general. There's two of them, but since you voiced it, I might rehash it. I might just talk about. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while since we fully dived into because uh, I had to cut it short. The first 20 minutes of this live Q and A was hardcore, hard, hardcore, just straight to the point. But I didn't get to elaborate on a lot of things. So maybe we will. Maybe that'll be the next part. Maybe we'll, we'll rehash that. So thank you very much, Randy. I really appreciate that super chat. And for those of you here, I got 15 minutes to go. So if you would like me to bump your question to the top. Uh, you can donate to that super chat. Otherwise, I'll just keep running through, running through. So, moving to the next, uh, the next question here. Just find it up. Uh, Matthew Santos, I addressed that. Average Gaming says, "Hope you're having a good day. Do you have any morning routine tips? Do you have it? Three hours? <laughs> the morning routine is my world." Actually, this is the life routine. Routine makes warriors. Routine makes warriors. Uh, so that's my first tip, my friend, Average Gaming. Listen, I've, I've got an entire video on the channel called The Morning and Night Routine. Actually, I've got an entire uh, podcast on it. However, that's a bit outdated now because it's always evolving. It's always changing. And listen, we would be here all day. We would be here all day if I was to go through my morning routine. But let me say this. I'll just go through some tips for you, which is just more principles because your what you're going to inject into your morning routine is not what I'm so concerned with. What I'm more concerned with is the principles behind your morning routine, which is that you do not allow the day to control you. You control the day. Principle number one behind a morning routine. Principle number two, routine creates warriors. Okay? You, you cannot expect to achieve a high level performance in anything if you do not have an envisioned an envisioned set criteria of how you will achieve that. So a morning routine, it maps to the rest of your day, right? A warrior does not become a warrior without a plan. You you don't happen upon a warrior status. You don't happen upon a successful, attractive, grounded, centered being, masculine or feminine being by accident. So a morning routine in principle base is that the night before, you already laid out what you're going to do the next day. That a morning routine doesn't just happen. A morning routine is something that is crafted, curated. It's something that you think about. It's something that was not done on a whim and that it maps to the rest of your day. Now, what you put in that morning routine is going to be very unique. For me, the first thing that I do is that I earn my way into this life. The way that I earn my way into this life, that I hit the cold shower immediately, that that this is now this is very unique. This is not me saying that this is what you have to do, and you're probably never going to hear anyone else say this. I've never heard anyone else say this because this is just my own insanity, which is that I don't get to participate in life until I hit the cold shower. That's my morning routine. It has been for the last, well, that's the that's how my morning routine begins, which has been so for at least a year and a half now. I was going to make a video called "My Life After One Year of Cold Showers" because it really changed my life however I just I, I just didn't get around to make it and it's just been like it's been like a, a year and a half now of daily cold showers first thing in the morning 
And I'm so I've decided to wait until I hit the two year. When I hit the two year, I'll make a video called what two years of cold showers will do to you. However, let me just say this to update you along the journey, which is that cold showers immediately. First thing is winter in Australia right now. I almost cried during my cold shower this morning. Legit, it's so fucking cold. When it's like getting, it's like zero degrees. It's like the water is about zero degrees or so, and it burns. It physically hurts. the The water hurts so much. Like if you guys have ice baths, you've had an ice bath. That shit burns and that shit hurts. But it's sitting. You get to sit. You get to light. You can concentrate. You can get your breathing in. It's not physically hitting you. But when you get into a cold shower where it's so fucking cold that it burns your skin that you can't physically stand in one place, you have to rotate. Otherwise, you're going to get ice burn. That's what it was this morning. It almost brings you to tears. It's so fucking hot. It brings you to tears. And listen, this is the first thing you do. So the first thing in my morning routine, well, that's the one I'm doing, is that, and I, I said, I'll just, I wanted to give you one micro tactic here, but it's the principle. The principle is that I've said to myself, I am not allowed to participate in this life until I get myself into that cold shower. So it's either, so it's this, it's either you lay in bed and you meditate and you breathe, or you get your ass in that cold shower and you do the damn thing. But you aren't allowed to do business. You aren't allowed to post content. You aren't allowed to hop on social media. You aren't allowed to eat. You aren't allowed to to hit up this girl who sent his message last night. You aren't allowed, if there is a girl with me in bed from the last night, you aren't allowed to kiss that girl. You aren't allowed to participate with her. You aren't allowed to do anything. She tries to talk to me. Nope. That, you're not allowed to, nothing. You aren't allowed to do anything other than just sit in presence, in quiet presence. And you can do that for hours. Because this is how you make it easy for yourself. You can do this for hours. I will allow you, this is what I say to myself, Adam, I will allow you to stay in bed for hours, all day if you want, but you must stay in meditation. If not, get your day started, and the only way you are allowed to participate in that day is by getting to this cold shower immediately. So that's it. That's it. So it's like, of course... I'm not going to want to, I've got an entire day's worth of activities to do. I've got clients to serve. I've got, I've got the business to run. I've got this content to create. I've got my training to do. I've got these people to see. I've got many things to do in the day. I don't have time to waste. I can't just spend hours in bed sitting in quiet presence, although that would be amazing. I don't have time to do that. So what's my only option here? I bet again, the fucking cold shower, even though it's, I know it's going to be brutal. I know it's going to be absolutely brutal. So that's what I do. And the way that I view it as the ticket that gets me there is that stamp. Stamp. I don't get the stamp to participate in life until I hit this cold shower. So the way that I'm getting in there, the way I handle the anxiety and the nerves is that I'm just like, well, shirt's coming off, shirt's coming off, socks coming off. There's no hesitation. I just run. I, nowadays, I run into it. I run into it because I fucking love it because I know that if I get this shit done, I get to do the rest of my life. So that's my principle behind it, behind the cold shower specifically. But all I wanted to pass on to you here is that you're asking about morning routine tips, create principles. Because what happens after the cold shower? Oh, well, then of course I've got to go hang from the rings and then I've got to do my morning spiritual routine out on the grass, ground my feet in the earth. And then I've got a whole mental routine that I go through. And then I'm going to do through a small yoga routine. And then I'm going to get the green tea brewed. And then I'm going to go ahead and down that water. And then I'm going to go on a 50-minute fasted power walk. And then I'm going to come back. And then I'm going to do a deep sauna. And then after the deep sauna, I'm going to go through 50 minutes of stretching. And then after 50 minutes of yoga and stretching, then I'm going to go ahead and get that. Whoop. Okay, so I've just been through a, re- a morning routine that lasts several hours. 
All that shit changes. Changes from day to day, from month to month, right? How uh, that's, that's all great. That stuff's that you can play with. But the principle that I control my day, the day doesn't control me, that a warrior happens upon himself. The warrior happens upon himself. He does not leave the warrior status to accident. Okay, warrior status does not come by accident. You must, and listen, you're not going to have an effective day if your morning's a piece of shit. So that's the principle right there. I went deep on that because I've, I love talking about this stuff and I have not had a chance to talk about this stuff in a while. That could have been a whole podcast involved in itself, for sure. So uh, we got six more minutes here. So um, let me hope that hope that brought you some uh, brought you some value. Infinite Paradox says, "Hey Adam, if you guys are in this stream, hey Infinite, hope you're doing well. If you guys are in the stream right now, drop a thumbs up down below. If you're watching it in post, please drop me a comment. Check out the audio stream as well. Let me know about the audio stream on the podcast. What is your podcast? If you guys don't want to burn your data just watching this on YouTube, you can hit up the audio as well and drop me some comments. Drop your feedback in post. I appreciate that." And uh, here we go. I moved down to the questions. Next question comes from St. Louis says, do you ever see yourself, sorry, do you see yourself ever having children, Adam? Why slash why not? Big question. Big question. And he also follows up by saying, it'd be cool to know your opinion on talking about deep topics with people when you know there will be disagreement. Any topic can be spoken about, but some people are so bloody sensitive, politics, religion, etc. Okay, so since we've only got five minutes, I'll make that the last question. We'll wrap up on this with St. Louis. Uh, question around... So you've really got two questions there, which I can... Listen, they're both podcasts involved themselves. They're both questions on themselves, uh, podcasts involved themselves. So what I'll say is very quick, which one Which one will bring you more value? Uh, probably the children one. So I think about this all the time. I think about this all the time, where it pops up in my mind quite a bit. Uh, I already know what I'm going to call my children, right? <laughs> of course, I'm going to get the girl to go along with it as well. But for sure, I'm going to call my son Earth. It's just something that I've always known. I'm always going to call my. I've always known that I'm going to call my son Earth. And I've always and I've gone back and forward with the daughter on whether I'm going to call her the Japanese version or the English version of Sky, either Sky or Sora. Sky or Sora, for those who don't know, is uh, Japanese for Sky. But Sky and Earth will definitely be the names of my children. Um, but, so yes, do I see myself having children? Absolutely. However, however, what I find more interesting is the question of how they'll be raised as to whether they have one mother or many mothers. I, that's more where I'm, where I'm thinking about right now because I haven't been in a monogamous relationship since 2013, so for about six years. And, I, and from what I found in my journey is that monogamy has not been the way for me. Now, I've said this many, many, many times. I've never put that on anyone else. Just go back to the beginning of this potter. Suit your needs. Uh, back to this Q&A. Suit your needs. Uh, my needs, especially at this time in life. And will that change? Absolutely. I expect it to change. I expect that 35-year-old Adam is going to have very different needs to 26-year-old Adam. And will he prefer an exclusive monogamous relationship at that time? Maybe. Maybe. All right? It's just whatever's going to suit his needs. But I, I, I'm more... I am more interested in working out how my children will be raised as to whether I'm going to have children. I think it's pretty safe to say I most likely will have children, considering I've already got their names. But more than that, I am very interested to know and to think about whether I want them to have one mother or many. 
especially when I look at our ancestral tribal upbringing, when I look at how people operate in larger communities, in communities, and when I look at successful people, and when I look at how I operated personally, that it seems to be that the most psychologically well-balanced people have a strong network and social network of deep, close relationships within them. Not men of a thousand acquaintances, but men of 10, I'll defend the walls with you, right? It's, it's that, that mentality I'm talking about and different phases for sure. But when, you, when I think about my children, would I rather my children have one mother or 10 mothers? Would I rather my children have one mother? And I say 10 is excessive, of course. I'm using it to paint the example here. But maybe, right? I don't see myself having, listen, like the idea of marriage for me just does not, I'll, I can almost say for sure here that marriage, for sure, I would, I'm definitely never going to involve the government in my own uh, relationship affairs. I can say that for sure. There are very few things that I say as absolutes, but that's 100%. I will never involve the, go- the government in my interpersonal relationships, 100%. I've known this for a very long time. Uh, however, and for many of them, many different reasons, which you can go back to other different potters around marriage for sure, personal experiences, etc. just in general. However, moving beyond that, uh, and because I don't follow any religious scripture that would say that a certain church or temple must be involved in my relationships, so that's never going to be involved. So my relationships are down to me. Now, whether I want my children to have multiple mothers, it's something I've been toying with. It's something that I've been thinking about more and more how I'm going to architect that. And uh, the idea of multiple fathers is a very interesting thing as well because I've had both. I've had multiple mothers and multiple fathers. Obviously, you can only have one biological mother and father, but I've had I've had two fathers and three mothers. Three? Four. Three? Three. Three that I've known at least. Yeah, three. So... I've been very interested in this, and this is something I've been thinking about. So, oh, we wrap it up on time here. So, uh, this is where I got to peace out. So, hopefully, that brought you some value, uh, Louis. And yeah, I think I think children is a very interesting thing, and uh, it's something that I'm looking to dive more into. And that's it, that's a good way to end this up. Uh, save that save that question for the other one for next time in terms of bringing up deep topics. So, my friends, thank you very much for diving in on this episode, episode four, Social Q and A live. On Is Monogamy uh, Too Old Fashioned for 2019? Listen, just dive back. Dive back to the, the hardcore. I kept it far more tactical at the beginning here. And I'd love your feedback. Just drop me your feedback in the comments down below. If you're watching this in post, please drop a thumbs up as well. It really helps out the video. It helps out the feed. That gets this sent out to more people. Hopefully, uh, YouTube recommend it to more people. And just lets me know that we can keep this going. This has been an experiment of four. I said to myself, I will do four weeks of this. And it seems to be that you guys are enjoying this. It helps me produce a lot of content in post. So we're going to keep on doing this. And uh, yeah, come back next week, same time next week, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, Friday. Bring your questions. It's a good time. And this is where we'll peace out. Thank you very much for diving into this episode of Social Q&A live, my friends. If you would like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on the gram at uitang1, tang one Also, if you missed this live stream but would like to join in on the next one just on youtube at the bowl every friday at least for the foreseeable future we will be doing this at 10 a.m 
Australian Central Standard Time, which is Adelaide time, convert it to your city, of course. And I would love your feedback on this episode as well. Whether you want to slide me an email at bulldozer.com or you want to slide me a DM on the gram or on YouTube, drop a comment, that'll be most appreciated. And of course, this episode is brought to you by bulldozer.com where you guys can pick up that crash course to kick us day game, get your day game sorted, pair it up with a 30 day challenge, you'll be sweet. Also booking one-on-one Skype coaching where you guys can dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create change in your actual life. And if you'd like to become a bowl insider, which gains access to priority messaging, priority session bookings as well, which I cannot do for everyone. It's only for the bowl insiders. You can also book those through the website. And also for those of you that really want to dive in deep and attain the freedom of choice in your dating life, be anywhere, and be in any state, see that woman that you're so much attracted to, coconut oil style, <laughs> and be able to bring the best of your 50. And of course, day game foundational boot camps, you can sign up for those at allatpoldojo.com. Also, if you would like to donate to this poddo, you can do so by donating anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. And anything you guys do donate is so tremendously appreciated. It's, uh, it blows my mind. So thank you so much. And of course, I'm wishing you all the very best in your life, the very best in your journeys. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.